You have entered the 13, a place where real stories about music, touring, and the beyond are told. Music does something to us. We all experience it in our own way. It can affect our senses, transport us through time, and release emotions. On this podcast, we will talk with people about the power of music and the beyond. What does the beyond mean? Let's find out together. Turn on your metronomes because this time is about to be tracked. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to The 13. I'm your host, Ryan 13. And yes, I don't have a mustache. Don't let that affect anything. And you listeners probably will never, ever know that I even had one. But today on the show, we have Shannon from Branded for Exile and a lot of other bands. Shannon, how the hell are you? I'm doing great, man. How are you? I'm good, man. It's good to see you, dude. We haven't uh, like actually laid eyes on each other in a long time. <laughs> 15, 16 years. Absolutely. Uh, all right, guys. So for a little bit um, backstory, um, I played in a band called Razor 13. Shannon played in a band called Black Market Halos. Again, a lot of other uh, stuff. We needed a lead singer. And Shannon came, uh, he was the man for the job. He was the first person we thought, and he came in and filled in for us, uh, or not didn't fill in. He came and joined the band for a little while and we had a good little run and, yes, um, lots of fun. It was a lot of fun and we'll get into that in a, in a little while, but it, uh, you know, Shannon, um, for people who may not know more than what I just told them, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, born and raised in Louisiana. Uh, yeah. I started singing, when I was about 15 years old, I did my first live show. Um, I wasn't even old enough to be in the bar, but the <laughs> bar owner was like, we're going to let you in, do your thing and get out. <laughs> you know, um, I'm a father, husband, worker, you know, a little bit of everything, man. Just enjoying life. Right on, brother. What bands? So out of all the bands that you've been in, which ones are active or like maybe dormant active because I know I have dormant active bands like we're eh, we're not doing anything but we're still together. <laughs> All right, so like Black Market Halos hasn't done anything since 2012, okay. but we are currently uh, talking about doing a Black Market reunion show because oh, awesome. the 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 fans are asking for it. Right, it's been over ten years and they just they want to hear the music again. Yeah, uh, Wicked River. Do. Yeah. Wicked River Rising hasn't played since um, right before COVID hit. We played in February before the March when COVID hit. Yeah. So we've been on hiatus ever since, but we are reactivating in September. Okay. Branded up for Exile. I have actively been in that band since November of 2019 up until now. And we are finally recording the album and trying to have it ready by October so we can get it out there for the masses. I also am part of a uh, studio band called Damned It All with a couple really cool local guys and uh, <clears throat> the drummer from Fear Factory. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that that kind of like the guy didn't tell me that it was him until after I did my recordings and then he blew my mind. But really? yeah, four bands, man. It takes up a lot of time, but it's it's absolutely a lot of fun. My whole thing is I just want to put out as much music as I can as long as I can. I love it, dude. I love it. And you know, that thing about like meeting people and then like not knowing that, like who they were right away. Right. Uh, that happened to me with a guy named Ben Carroll. He's the guitar player for a band called raw. And I jumped on this podcast and the host was having a, uh, it wasn't mine. It was another podcast. The host was having trouble actually joining the podcast. He, his internet went out. And so I'm talking to this other 
guy I was on the podcast with, his name's Ben Carroll, nothing registered. I'm sitting there looking at him like that guy kind of looks familiar. And I'm being like the total douchebag who's name dropping stuff. Like, yeah, I've toured with uh, King's X and, uh, you know, went on (laughs) Skid Row and whatever. And he was like, oh, cool, man. Yeah, right on. Yeah. And that show never ended up happening uh, because the internet never worked for that particular host. And then I, I jumped on another podcast with the same guy and the host later. And I realized he was the guitar player from raw, which is one of my favorite bands. <laughs> and, I was like, and I was like, Ben, I'm sorry. I'm a douche you know, like name dropping. Like it was going out of style, trying to give me some street cred. Jeez. Uh, I know. Eh, sometimes you do c- certain things. All right, brother. So you are finally recording the album. Is the album done? Is it in post-production pre-production? Okay. So as of yesterday, the album is at, OCD uh, recording and production in Metairie, Louisiana. Uh, it's the same guy that works with like Crowbar and nice. Exorder and yeah. bands of that nature. Uh, it is currently in the mixing and mastering stage. Dude, that's so cool. We know the guys from Crowbar. Well, I don't really know the guys from Crowbar, but some of my friends do. But I know the guys from Exorder. Marzi yes. was playing with Exorder not too long ago. I know. I met Marzi when I was singing for you guys. Yeah, that's right. Old Marzi. Yeah. He's a good guy. Yeah. He's been on the show, too. I hope to have him on again soon. Marzi's cool. Yeah, he's a cool dude, dude. Um, okay, so going. let's go into some music stuff. And let's go, okay. because this is, you know, the 13. Let's talk about Razor 13 and talk about how this came to be from each of our point of views. Right. Because I was the bass player in the band. Um, and I'll, I'll, so I'll start with this. I'll start with my side. Um, me and Jay, uh, Boss has exited the, the, the band. Uh, right. We've boss has been on the on the the podcast before so boss exits the band and we're like who are we going to get we got to get somebody that can sing and and put some power behind this right and we walked around that little house in mark well it wasn't little but that house in marlin for days i still talk about that house man it's a great house or i don't i don't even i think it's still there uh i think it was j-rab j-rab was like what about shannon i was like you think he'd go for it he was like, well, I mean, we can ask, yeah. you know, and like that. I was like, fucking ask. <laughs> yeah. and, and then I don't really remember how, how it all, you know, I didn't really have any say in anything. I was just the bass player. Right. And then all of a sudden one day you were flying at, to Texas, flying to Texas at the house and fucking crushing songs right away. <laughs> what's, what's your memory of it? So, you know, J-Rab hit me up and he's like, you know, I got a proposition for you. And I'm like, I'm okay. You know? What's up? You know, I know one thing is being a uh, musician for Louisiana. We know that it's very hard to break out of Louisiana. So I looked at being in Razor as an opportunity to break out of Louisiana and maybe have an opportunity in the Texas scene because, you know, Texas has always been great for metal. So um, basically, J-Rab told me Doc was offering me, you know, uh, playing fair back and forth. whatever I needed while I was there and sending me home with cash in my pocket. I just I couldn't, I couldn't turn it down. Yeah. I'm like, this sounds like something that's going to be fun. And it's an opportunity not only to help you guys out, but to help me out as well. And maybe black market in the process. Absolutely. So, you know, I talked to my guys and they were all cool. So I was like, shit, let's get on a plane. Um, going out there. I, I, I mean, I automatically recognized the potential, you know what I'm saying? And that, that was the main reason I went in the first place is because there's a lot of potential there. Um, I really enjoyed all the times we had, all the 
you know, shows we played, the people we met along the way. Um, it kind of sucks that it ended the way that it did, but, you know, things happen. <laughs> yeah, dude, things happen. And for everybody who hasn't heard any of the other episodes where we talk about Doc, Doc was the main supporter of Razor 13 from the very beginning. His son was Big Mike and um, Doc loved and and believed in big Mike and, and us, the guys in razor 13 so much that he put a lot of money behind us uh, with singers, with touring, renting tour buses, whatever. He's the one who helped us get our name out there. And then like later on when Doug Pennock joined the band, you know, helped facilitate that, even though Doug was the one who was like, I'll join. Fuck it. You know, like then we helped he doc helped do that. Doc did doc was the man. He was the reason most of, uh, he was the reason for razor 13's existence. Uh, he was also the one who ended up writing all of the lyrics to the record. There, there are no lyrics by anybody else but Doc on that album. Um, so anyway, uh, jumping back into this. So then you show up. You showed up super prepared. I remember. Right. You remember Texas Pound Cake? Or you learned Texas Pound Cake? Right. Oh, and what was I command? Those songs aren't aren't even on the records. Um, let Let me tell you something. My main focus when I got there was. I flew into Austin mm-hmm. and we went to that studio. Yep. Um, and I, what was that studio? It was Paul Sarosky's studio, whatever it was called, the Rock Army Record Studio. Walked in the studio and he's like, Yeah, you know, kind of him hawing around. And I'm like, Oh, Walrus no, no. Records, Walrus Records. It was like, Look, I'm, I'm not here to him haw. I wrote lyrics to Rage and I want to do them today. Yeah. So I went in there. He, put everything on. I started singing. His eyes got about that big around. He's like, God damn, this boy can sing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, dude, uh, here's a clip from Rage, by the way. I'll play it at the end of the show, but I'm going to play you a clip right now. Feel the rage. <laughs> yeah. man and i mean it, it was pretty awesome i mean I'm, I'm a big wrestling fan or i was at the time and it was it's like yeah this dude's gonna use this to come in to wrestle and my brother's a huge wrestling fan so him and i are actually worked we collaborated on the lyrics together to make sure that it it was cohesive and it fit right and uh that 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 was really fun it was i i like it was one of the i was like hey i'm on this song and it's it's it only ever was a demo everybody so you know what you've just heard and what you'll hear is it's not totally finished but it's a great sounding demo and we were like i was just like hey guys listen to this hey guys listen to this everybody i ran into i'm like i I played bass on this and i might not have even played bass on the demo i don't even remember (laughs) but it was a great it was a great song when we would play it live powerful dude that's all i remember 25 yeah (laughs) 
a giant yeah, soda so speak. to speak. I was like, holy yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah, I put a lot of thought behind that song, man. So I was ready to rip it as soon as I hit Texas soil. <laughs> and you did. And it was awesome. It, oh, my God. There's a I'm going to put some po- photos here. We went and did a photo shoot somewhere at some dude's house, some photography dude's house. He set us up in front of a background. And we're all like. I was like trying to look hard. I like had a Heineken in my hand or something. Yeah. And I forgot my bandana at home and I had to wear a white bandana and I hated it. Uh, <laughs> I hate white. <laughs> I do. I don't like white either. I'm actually starting to get into a place in life where, you know, it's, it's not terrible. I mean, you know, you know, I was talking to, <laughs> I was talking to Brandon Thomas from the podcast expanding reality. And he was telling me about how to diffuse my, um, you know, the little selfie circles you got that do lighting. I got one right over there. That's the thing currently whiting me out a little too much. Right. He said, just take a white t-shirt and put it over the top of it. It'll diffuse the light and it'll be better. And I said, okay, cool. Hang on. And I went to the bedroom and I didn't come back for like 20 minutes. And I came back and I was like, sorry, that took so long. I don't have any white shirts. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. I don't, I have one now and it's on that. (laughs) <laughs> so yeah man i mean look i had a lot of good time in razor the only thing that uh that bothered me obviously you know i have three small children at home sure. i have a job that my boss is being really cool to let me leave a week at a time yeah. to go do razor 13 and uh doc's paying all this money and the one thing you know the one thing he was asking for is if when i'm in town he wanted us to practice twice a week yep and it'd be, it always seemed like every time I came in, we'd hang out all week. We wouldn't practice till Friday and then play the show Saturday. And then I'd come home Sunday. And that just, you know, I, I called Doc and I'm like, listen, man, you know, I don't want to waste your time and your money. You know, if you get everything straight to where I know for sure I'm coming in and we're going to practice and get, get this really honed out so we can kick the scene in the ass, yeah. then I'll be glad to come back. Right. You know, and that's, yeah, that's see. And that didn't, and that didn't pan out. And like, you know, I don't remember it that way, but at the same time, I was also there. I was paid, you know, to be in the band. Uh, right. You know, he paid for that apartment, paid for my groceries. Right. Um, just for me to be in uh, Waco uh, so I could be at rehearsal whenever rehearsal would happen. You know, it right. started out like we were rehearsing. I felt like almost every day with boss or maybe it was every other day or something. Right. Like, that was my job. I, I was like, fuck yeah. When are, when are we doing this? Let's go. I'm ready. Well, look, I mean, look, when I got, before I got off the phone with doc, I said like, listen, if, if, the, if it doesn't work out, Razor doesn't get to where they're practicing as much as you want and, and, and moving along like you want to, if you want to sink some money into somebody, I, I trust me, I have a band that you can sink some money into sitting at right. home. Right. You know, because for for uh, better or worse, black market is one of the best things I've ever done in my entire life. Yeah, you I know? love that band, dude. I, Twelve I years, got, man. Still got the 12, albums right in here. Twelve years is a long time, brother. Yeah. And true. we were we were brothers. I mean, and, and still to this day, we never actually broke up. We went on a kind of permanent hiatus. There's a lot of things that went on around 2010 to 2012. Um, I got divorced. Sure. Um, our drummer kind of slipped off back into the drugs, yeah. which is really sucks. Um, our guitar player had just bought a brand new house, so they wasn't able to spend as much money and go out and party like they used right, to. Right. So we kind of had to pump the brakes, you know what I'm saying? Sure. And uh, 
we haven't done anything since 12. 12 was the last time we did anything and I, I miss it. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I, I'm glad y'all are uh, starting to think about ramping them back up and doing some um, reunion shows. I mean, we got together twice already and jammed. And let me tell you something. It's like we never left the room. <laughs> it was so I awesome. Love it. So did the guys, <laughs> did the guys just remember the stuff or did they go back and play, play to the CDs a couple times or not sure. I know when they got in that room, they was ripping it. Like Dude. they missed it just as much as I did. <laughs> That's awesome. Like I have, I have, I have tabs that uh, Big Mike wrote me, and I have uh, obviously the CD and uh, lots of other demos for all of our other songs because there's like right. 30 other Razor 13 songs that never made it out to the to, to the public. I've been ready to go. Razor 13, we were going to do a, a reunion, a 10-year reunion uh, right. since the album was released in 2009, and like the very end of 2009. And so that coincided basically with the plague that happened in 2020. That sucks. Yeah. And so it kind of ruined that. Right. This year is the 13th year since it's been released. And I'm like, huh? Yeah. But yeah. everybody's got things to do. And we, we were kind of also in the same boat where nobody said, no, nobody to my knowledge said we were done. Right. Kind of like, I got to go do this. And then someone was like, yeah, I got to go do this. And then life and happened. Any yeah, and for anybody that wants to hear the Black Market Halo stuff, it is on Spotify, iTunes, um, Amazon, and also Bandcamp. Uh, yeah. If you go on Bandcamp, the cool thing about if you get it off of Bandcamp, all the lyric pages are there, so oh, you cool. can get all the lyrics and stuff. Dude, right on. Yeah. Cleansing, that second album for Black Market, it it's called cleansing for a reason that there was a lot of stuff, a lot of baggage, a lot of stuff that I carried around for a long time that I was able to just put into these songs and finally clear my, my chest, I guess you would say, you know what I'm saying? And it felt good. Hell yeah, yep. dude. What, um, what time frame? I know you said, I guess it's on their time, but like, what do you think time frame for the branded for exile? Like maybe a release or are you guys just waiting to see and, we're shooting for October. Okay. Yeah. We want to do a, a Halloween CD release party. <laughs> Hell yeah. I love that. Yeah. We always do a Halloween show every year. So we might as well just combine two great things at once. Dude, that's so awesome. That'd be fun. Where, uh, where would you do it? Lafayette? Uh, we're going to probably do it here either in Gonzales or Baton Rouge. We're going to try to get into one of the big venues in Baton Rouge, like Chelsea's downtown or the varsity. But if not, we have a little local place that we play. We can put about 150 people in it. And the lady's like, you want to have y'all CD release here? We'd love to have you. Dude. And um, last couple of times we played there, between the three bands, I think we made about you know thirteen to fifteen hundred dollars at the door. Okay, split between three bands, and it was yeah. it's, it's a good deal. They got a house PA system and a great a little guy that really knows how to run it, and it sounds really right good. So, well, keep me in the loop and let me know so I can uh, help advertise for that when the time comes, and then also maybe come out there because you know what I haven't been to Louisiana since before the plague, and right. uh, that's like me and my wife uh, honeymooned in New Orleans and went every year for the anniversary and we just right. haven't been back and i miss the food yes <laughs> can't beat the food here brother Dude, you cannot <laughs> beat the food and uh, my buddy uh from choke uh you know he's uh currently living in uh houston now and i, I think he posted something on facebook the other day and he said something like 
All right. Texas is pretty good at barbecue, but that's kind of it. Like, can't you can't make po boys for shit you can't do and you start naming off all this louisiana food i was like he's right You're like you gotta go to louisiana to get the good stuff right what's your favorite louisiana dish louisiana is that how you say that oh damn <laughs> I, mean, I know i put you on the spot i i don't know man i mean i, I like taking king crab and boil it in crawfish boil yeah yeah damn. That sounds really good. That's, that's great. That's a good meal there. <laughs> of course, I love crawfish and boudin, stuff like that. I mean, who does it? <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. Dude, my favorite place to go uh, is Pierre. The original Pierre Masperos. Yes, I understand it's in downtown or in the French Quarter. And, right. Um, fuck, I love that place. I love how small it is. And I love the food that they put out. It's like every time I go there, I'm not disappointed and I can get, you know, whatever I want absolutely tasting just fucking perfect and i'm plugging them and they're not a sponsor anyway <laughs> i'll tell you what man there's a place here in gonzalez called pot and paddle and their pot roast is to die for really yeah man it's great <laughs> i'm not even supposed to be eating that much rice but i don't even care <laughs> i'm writing them down right now so i know of a place to because i dude i'd love to come out and check out your halloween show that'd be super fun if i can Oh yeah, that'd be First awesome. Of all, yeah, I haven't seen you in forever, and then it'd be cool, and then we can do like a little, um, like a little podcast thing live. Yeah, <laughs> that could that'll be work. Fun. Um, okay, so we're gonna move on to a few other things. Um, one of the things you and I kind of talked about briefly was that you have, a, do you have a collection of dime bag guitar picks, or do you just so have I, a couple dime bag guitar picks? So I have two guitar picks from dime bag. Yeah. One of them is from the uh, one hundred and one proof. Uh, concert no, in Biloxi. No, no way. He, he threw it in the crowd, and I just happened to see the gold reflecting, and I picked that sucker up. You know what I'm saying? Put it in my pocket. No. The other one I actually got when Damage Plan played in New Orleans. Uh, like I think it's like three months before he uh, Don Bag died. Right. They were walking out because they had an interview to do the next morning, so they wasn't able to really sit back and. But me and the guy that was my best friend at the time, we were. He was talking to Vinny. I was talking to Dime, and he's like, "Man, I really hate to run, but uh, you know, um, we got this, this, and this." I was like, "Look, man, I understand the life of a rock star is always on the go." He reached in his pocket and he pulled out a pick and he handed it to me. No. And it's a damage plan pick, and I'm like, "Jesus Christ!" <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I got them suckers put up, of course. Yeah, dude. That's I'll tell you another cool. thing that I have, man, that's going to be really worth some money one day. So, you know, Phil and Simo from Pantera's in a lot of different bands. Absolutely. He did a band called Christ Inversion. Okay? okay. So when they were doing the House of Shock down in New Orleans, I went down there. I was in a band called Ring of Thieves at the time. It was like my first big venture into playing music, you know. And um, I told him about my band. And he said, come see me next weekend. And I'm going to have something for you and bring a demo of your band. I said, all right, cool. I go back the next weekend. I bring in my demo. He pulls a tape in a clear case. It's a clear tape. It's got the little you know, writing on it. And he hands it to me. I look at it, and it's a Christ inversion demo. Whoa. So I'm like, sign it. And he put his – he signed it. So I put it in my pocket. Didn't think nothing about it, right? I got this thing. It's put up. I happened to get uh, come across Big Ross that plays keyboards and stuff on the down stuff, Ross Copperman, and he tells me that Phil doesn't sign autographs. I'm like, I beg to differ. He's like, yeah. if you have anything with Phil's autograph on it, you better keep it. 
I said, yeah. I have a Christ inversion demo. He looked at me, he goes, there's only 12 of those in existence. I'm like, oh, shit. Damn. That's awesome. <laughs> dude, that is fucking awesome. That's super cool. Yeah, dude, every time I ever met Phil, yeah, I don't have, I have Dimebag's autograph. I have Vinny's right. autograph. I have Rex's autograph. I don't have Phil's. I have a lot of autographs, man. Uh, Rob Flynn from Machine Head, uh, Jamie Josta from Hatebreed. Uh, you know, I got I got a couple of guitar picks right from Zach Wild, pulled right out of his pocket and handed to us. Yeah, that's yeah. I have a huge like it, I have this little uh, it's like a little treasure chest mm -hmm. that they did during the Pirates of the Caribbean uh movies. They they released yeah. this little treasure chest right, and it's full of guitar picks from bands, dude. <laughs> that's so fucking sick i have a yeah i have a, a a little thing over here that i collect them too tracy from choke i keep i mean louisiana uh i keep bringing up uh him and me keep talking we trade guitar picks and stuff and you know i didn't really realize that that was kind of a deal but if you if you have guitar picks that you're like well i do have three of these and that guy has gene simmons pick from kiss Maybe right, I can I'll, trade one. Maybe yeah. I could. Yeah. And it's actually kind of really fun. You know, it's a, like a fun little hobby. I'm not as big into it as some, some people, but it's definitely super fun. Well, as soon as we get our CD done, man, I'm going to send you a care package with a, a t-shirt bumper sticker CD and uh, some guitar picks and stuff. Dude. Thank you. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. I'll send you, I got some stuff I'll send you too, man. Like I've been, I've been, I see, I'm so into this trading thing and the trading things coming back. Like you remember the early nineties when, right. Like, the black metal scene, which is something right. I was into, like those guys were trading demos. They were, they were writing each other letters because the internet wasn't really a thing and they were pen pals, you right, know, right, and right. like, I, it's coming back. It's coming back full circle. And it's coming back full circle because of things like what we're doing here, we're able to connect. We're hundreds of miles, if not thousands of miles away from each other. And right. we're able to just like talk, connect all right, let's send each other shit. This is great. And then, you know, it's just, I don't know, it's super fun. And I hope it keeps coming back because we need stuff like this. We need the physical element. If we're not all able to be able to hang out with each other, we need to be able to like still trade shit and have a right. good time and collaborate. Man, I wish we would have had this back when we started playing in the first place. No shit. Like the internet, like, geez. <laughs> Yeah, I had, I had I was in a little internet band for a minute and uh, we didn't do much but like the stuff we the stuff the stuff that like when you and I were doing Razor 13 it was starting then, you know. Right. But like it's it, it's advanced so much now that it's literally like hey hang on. All right, there you go. There are the there's the tracks. Uh listen to it tonight, put some scratch tracks down. Uh I'll check it in the morning. Right, you right. do your thing, send them back to me. And I'd be like, fuck you. Oh, dude, actually, you know what? I'm not, that's not a scratch track. We're using a, that motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, that's a good track. Right, right. And I just, yeah, technology is getting really cool. It's also getting a little scary. Yeah. With all this AI shit. Yeah, fuck all that. Dude, I'm telling you, like, it's like, I, I mean, I do a, you want Terminators? Because that's how you get Terminators. This is how you get Terminators. <laughs> right. <laughs> the hell with that. <laughs> there's a meme of john connor from terminator 2 like looking like yeah lo looking at you like you're a dumb piece of shit and it says this is john connor looking at you fucking with ai yeah it's like what the fuck are you doing dude that's like dude. the damn scientist trying to reanimate dead flesh do you want zombies 
Yeah, because <laughs> like, that's really? how you get zombies. <laughs> it's like, geez, y'all need to stop messing with stuff, man. <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Allergies. I'll cut that. Yeah. Um, cool, man. So you have you have children. How old are your children these days? Oh, shit. <laughs> they were young back in the day. Right. So my oldest daughter, Alicia, was born in 99. So she just made 24. Nice. And then Haley was born in 2002. So she's uh, 21. Yeah. And my youngest daughter was born in 2004. And she is 19. Uh, they're all grown and gone. They don't got their you know, own little lives going on. My oldest daughter and my middle daughter both have uh, babies. One's about to turn a year. One's about to turn 10 months. A little boy and a little oh, girl. So you're a granddad now. Yes. And uh, that's awesome. Congratulations. I divorced the woman that I was with when I was singing with y'all. Yeah. And I wound up getting remarried. And uh, the one thing she told me when I asked if she married me, she's like, uh, on one condition, you know, I don't have any kids of my own. I'm 37 years old and I want, I want at least one child. Yeah. So that's when my son was born, 2014. His name is Phoenix. Yeah. And he is the quintessential rockers kid. Like he has super long hair. He has, uh, he wants to be a singer. I think it's, I sent you the picture of him singing. Yeah. 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 He actually got on stage with me, man. Real. Oh yeah, dude. Fuck. Yeah. Look, let me tell you something as a father, that was one of the greatest moments of my life. I'm sitting there singing as hard as I sing through the microphone and he's standing next to me singing. He's louder than me. It's like, shit. <laughs> So I, I have one of my notes here says uh, your son wants to be a singer. So I guess that that uh, that says it all right there. Well, his uh, you know, we've 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 introduced him to music the whole his whole life and mm -hmm. uh, started out, you know, with classic rock and stuff. And he loves like Skinner and ACDC and and Guns N' Roses and uh, Tom Petty and just all kind of, you know, just regular rock and roll, you know. Yeah. But uh, as he's gotten older, he's starting to like other stuff. Like he loves Avenged Sevenfold, Bullet for My Valentine. But his favorite band is Shinedown. Okay. And that's that's what he's always like. That dude is an awesome singer. And I'm like, you are correct. He's the only reason I listen to Shinedown is because Brent is fucking amazing. He's he's that he's that uh, that 80s style singer in a modern band. You know what I'm saying? Yes, absolutely. He's got pipes, man. And every time we see him play live, it's like he's phenomenal live. Yeah, like Nancy. damn. Yeah, remember when, he, remember when he was doing Simple Man before like anyone knew who he was? Yeah, and like you're like watching some old YouTube video, like when YouTube first started, and you're like, what the fuck? You know, like why isn't this guy famous? Uh, he was in the process of getting famous, but you know, dude, yeah, yeah it's so good. And it, like he does Simple Man. I don't want to say better. It's in his own way. It's in it's, his own way. And it's right. fan. It's phenomenal. Tears, tears, you know, like I could get tears from it. It's so I mean, weird. listen, I, I've listened to him since the beginning. You know, they started out as a regular, you know, radio rock band, mm -hmm. but there's some things they've done along the way. That's a little, you know, off kilter as far as being more maybe poppy ish or whatever, but to listen to this dude sing, you know what I'm saying? Like this dude is the real deal. You can't never take that away from him, whether you like his music or not. <laughs> yeah, he's the real deal. I've been a fan. I've been a fan since the beginning too. And uh, I mean, you know, they got they got push on us, and I think that like the them 
at the beginning it wasn't bad, but then they started trying to like shove it down your throat. And then I kind of took a little break, but then I circled back and I was like, man, these are still great songs. It's just something that like the record company can do accidentally. They're like, Oh, well, this is our band. We've got to, we've got to push them. And then they like right. almost overdo it, you yeah. know? And so like, that's why, I, but I had to circle back and I circled back and I listened to all those songs and everyone on this episode is going to hate me. Maybe not everybody, but dude, if you go listen to freaking Nickelback, not all their shit, but some of their shit, some of their shit is heavy as fuck. <laughs> you know, like some of it is. Some of it is amazing. I, I don't particularly care for Nickelback, but I'm gonna Me tell either. you like this. I have respect for anybody that gets up there and does it because guess what? They're living the dream that we wish we could. That's right. That's true. I can't be mad at them. You know what I'm saying? I just can't. I think the lead singer of Nickelback was talking about this band when they were up and coming. I think this is the episode, and he's like. So Stabbing Westward, one of my favorite bands. I know. It was, it was at, yeah. Oh yeah, it's tattooed right there. Um, <laughs> but like they, uh, you know, they had this big bus. They were being pushed by MTV and the record labels and everything. And, and they let the guys from Nickelback come on the bus and they were just like, holy crap, this is what this could be like. Right. And I'm like, oh, what a cool story because Nickelback obviously blew Stabbing Westward out of the water as far as popularity and fame goes. Right. Maybe not necessarily for old Ryan. I don't own a Nickelback record, but... I do appreciate their shit sometimes, especially when they start getting heavy. Didn't they, didn't they do that one song where they like took a dime solo or a dime, dime bag riff? Ah, I'm not sure. They did. did. I just can't think of the name of the song. There, there's a song on the shinedown new record called America's burning. And if anybody's sick and tired of all the bullshit that's going on in America, that's the song you need to listen to. Because I was on the fence about where they stood as far as what's going on in society when they put out Planet Zero. They kind of hinted, but they was vague about it. Sure. They're not vague about it on America's part, and they let really? you know exactly where they're staying. Okay. And I'm like, See, finally. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. Do you know who uh, Tom McDonald is? I love Tom McDonald, man. Right. Me too. <laughs> um, that, dude, that dude doesn't – he's – the thing about him is there's nothing, there's no, he's not lying about anything. He's just like, here's the, just look at this. Just somebody look at this, you know, and he's presenting it to you and you're like, yeah, that's fucked up. You're like, yeah, that's what's happening right now. Yeah. And the he just great came out with another it, one like two days ago. Yeah. I haven't listened to it yet, but I'm going to tell you, man, there's a lot of people starting to wake up. They really starting to see what's really going on. And it's great. I mean, I hope I never have to see a revolution in this country. Yeah, for as long as I'm alive, but you right. know what? If shit keeps going the way it's going, it's gonna happen. So, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully we can all like start. I think even everybody on everybody on both sides is starting to um, see things, right? Which is what I hope for. You know, our country is that like, okay, whoa, we went too far left. Okay, whoa, we went we too went far, too far right. Right. Let's, right. Let's come back and be uh normal people again because shit went fucking weird for a minute you know? look I, I want one simple thing I, i'm not gonna say much about the government because you know yeah. I, I, don't, I, I got know. i got one simple thing about the government i want people that follow our constitution and that whenever they don't agree they can sit at the table and find a happy median yeah. all this bullshit about well you're not gonna do what i want to do so to hell with you yeah. that's never gonna work this this country has always found a way to make things work and right now we're just in a bad spot yeah and i agree with you and i'm i agree with you 100 we got to be able to come back together there has yeah. to be able to 
we have to be able to sit down and talk to each other versus doing like what they've been doing lately and yep. just saying, well, screw it. We're not doing it at all. Yeah. That, I mean, both sides have good ideas. Both sides have bad ideas. We just got to. That's true. Come together. People ask me all the time. You're Republican or Democrat. I'm neither. I'm a constitutionalist. There you go. That's 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 like my holy grail. The Constitution gives it doesn't give us our rights. It basically tells us what our rights are, and that's what we need to stick to. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. Even though it was wrote all them years ago, it's a perfect document. So leave it alone. Yeah, I think so too. Like the you know everybody keeps saying like if you watch the news, they're like, well, our democracy. Like, well, hold on, hold on a second. We're not a democracy. We're a constitutional republic. Public. Yep. So like people are getting desensitized by some of this stuff because of what you see on the news. People are saying, well, our democracy is being threatened. No, no. Walk that back a little bit here. Let's get back to what we really are, which is a constitutional republic. The thing that trips me out, man, we're in the age of the internet. If you really want to know the truth about stuff, all you've got to do is look. That's true. It's there. That's very true. You got to look with an open mind and be willing to accept some things that you see you're not going to like. That's true. You That's know? true. And you know, the, some of the stuff that, that, that really sucks, like I had my first uh, video band on a certain platform I won't really talk about, but like it, it was just because me and a buddy were talking our truth and right. that platform didn't like it. So pff, cut it out. But what was cool is I was able to go over to Rumble and drop it there with no, no nobody problem. worries. Nobody worries about anything. It's and it's not, it we, we weren't saying anything to hurt anybody. We were just having a good, good old conversation. And um, I just, I think that it, the internet can get a little sketchy, especially with some of these bigger tech guys and stuff, which is fine. Right. It is what it is. You sign, you, you, you click that accept button when you join any of their platforms. And if you don't right. read the 15,000 pages of lawyer speech in there right, uh, and understand that like, you don't have free speech there because you don't. Right. Like you don't. <laughs> you just hit the accept button. You're like, oh, cool. Now I'm on X amount, whatever platform. And you're like, oh, this is fun. Until they're like, no, nah, you can't do that. But well, I just, you know, I, I think more people need to understand that, you know, everybody's not inherently racist. You know what I'm right. saying? There, <laughs> there are some racist people out there, and that's on both sides. That's on all sides. Sure. You know what I'm saying? But I mean, look, I'm a I'm a good old Southern boy. I was raised to uh, judge people by their character and judge people by what they do to me. Absolutely. I raised my kids the same way. My kids are not hateful people. I'm not a hateful person. I'll be friends with just about anybody. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You got to do me something really bad for me to even mention the word hate. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yep. Same same boat, dude. Say I we had um the Razor 13 had a comment on uh, some webpage somewhere that said that we were racist. Yeah. And it was a big, it was a big deal. And I was like, but by, by the time I saw that comment, Doug was already in the band. Uh and uh, for every <laughs> for everybody who's listening, Doug is uh African American and um and he's a fucking wonderful human. And we were like, dude, we I wrote back to this guy. I was like, what are you talking about? We have a black lead singer. <laughs> How are we racist? But oh, I think they had, seen, racist. Some, they had uh, they, seen something where we had a Confederate flag. Confederate flags. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it all comes down to that. But you know what, man? Look, like I said, on the internet, type in African-American Confederate soldiers. African-Americans oh, yeah. fought on the Confederate side too, man. Yeah. <laughs> History doesn't want you to know that. Obviously, they don't want you to know that the first person to ever own slaves in the United States was a black man. Come on, man. Like, let all that stuff go. 
let it uh, all yeah, there's a lot of misinformation out there there's a lot of a lot of it like yeah you know they think that republicans are racist uh no. or whatever when, like i think if i'm I, and you know correct me if i'm wrong but i'm pretty sure the democrats wanted slaves so like uh kkk <laughs> yeah, democrats <laughs> yeah anyway, i'm just saying anyway. that was a, that was 200 years ago or whatever that's a long time ago that's we're not trying to get into all that but love peace and chicken grease man everybody right. get along <laughs> right dude i just i like i have so many friends of so many different races and i literally everybody says this and i always thought it was cliche but it's true like i don't see color like I might see, I might say you got a better tan than me, but like, I, you know, I don't, I don't see color. Like it's, we're all well, people. Bro, well, bro, I'm coon ass. If I get in the sun, I turn dark as hell. So <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I need to get back in the sun. The only parts of, can you tell this is yeah. the only part that sees the sun. Everything else just turns white. <laughs> Are you down to get down with some aliens and ghosts? Yeah. So I asked this question to everybody and everybody always says the same thing but do you know bigfoot have you seen a ghost do you have you ever seen uh, a ufo okay which one you want first the ghost oh, or the aliens i want the bigfoot one well i've never i've never seen bigfoot never um, met him never met him um i listen i'm i'm the type of person where i feel like uh it's got to be some truth to every wise tale sure so i'm sure there's something something out there we just uh we just never found it you know nobody's shown any uh actual evidence of it right like yep. that i know of, of just a bunch of footprints and uh a video yeah. the patterson gimlin film which i just want to know why all of the you know videos you see it's always blurry i want to see a nice always. clear picture of it <laughs> there, now there there is a clear photo of something right. from texas from it's an actual a video of what looks like a Bigfoot on the ground, but it's just a mess of hair on the ground, dude. I mean, bears right. come in and out of Louisiana into East Texas all the time. Black bears could, That's have, true. E could have easily been that. I don't think that there's any right. like actual face in there. It's just like some ball on the ground. It's Bigfoot. Well, <laughs> well my mother-in-law is a huge Bigfoot fan. She has a okay. big old Bigfoot statue in her yard. Like, nice. yeah, is she it, loves it's the, it. The, the one where it's like walking. Yes. Yeah, yes. I know exactly what's made out of concrete. Yeah, I want one, dude. That's cool. <laughs> I love that. I All right, so got it. I'll find out for you. Thank you, sir. Um, let's talk about ghosts. Let's talk about ghosts, dude. Uh, Louisiana is haunted as fuck. Well, I'm gonna tell you two instances. When I was younger, I had a friend of mine that literally, uh, like she she was a ghost magnet, and we were all in my apartment, and we were all hanging out, and she would uh, flatten her shirt out and okay. then you would see handprints what? touching her. And she's like, they like the people there like, Oh, you faking it. I'm looking at him like, how in the world could she fake this? Right. She's like, okay. She put her arms out like this. And this girl, I'm not shitting you, man. She lifted six inches off the ground. They picked her up and everybody Holy in the apartment, shit. except for her and me, like hauled ass. <laughs> like, oh, fuck yeah. I would have been gone too. Fucking out of there, bro. At least okay. behind the door, peeking back. Like, and I, I'm like, okay, because I mean, I've always, um, I've always said that our family, my family, if we'd been alive in a time of Salem, we'd yeah. all been burned at the stake. Because all of my family has, uh, I don't want to say uh, uh, <laughs> uh, abilities, sure. but it's it's something along that line. 
Yeah. Uh, my, my sister talks to ghosts. I know yeah. this for a fact. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, uh, she told me something. She told me about an argument my that me and my older brother had before he passed that nobody else knew anything about. And she knew exactly what it was about. And she told me he told her. <laughs> I was like, Whoa. blew my mind. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, nobody knows that. She's like, how do you think I found out? I was like, oh, shit. Um, me, Whoa. I get I get vibes on people. Absolutely. Sure. And my vibes are never wrong. Yeah. Ever, ever, ever. You know what I'm saying? All right. So the second story about ghosts I want to tell you. So my brother passed away at 24 years old. Mm -hmm. He was uh, he was he was murdered, you know, okay. and um, I was at my mother's house about three months after he passed. And the way her uh, living room was set up, you sit on the couch, you're watching the TV, but the hall's right here on the side. And I was watching TV and something in the hall caught my eye and I leaned over and it was my brother standing in the hallway. No fucking way. And he looked at me and I looked at him kind of like, whoa, you know, and he went, shh. And it looked like he walked into my mother's room. So here I am. I'm going down the hallway. Fuck yeah. I, would I get up to my mom's door and I hear her talking. So I knock on the door and I open it up. I said, mom, uh, you okay? She said, yeah, baby, I'm okay. I said, uh, who are you talking to? She said, I was dreaming that Billy come and visit me and tell me everything was all right. Oh, my gosh. I'm like, bruh. Okay. I said, first of all, you're not dreaming. Second of all, I need to know what Billy had on when he died. Yeah. She said, oh, you know how your brother dressed. I'm like, no, I want to know specifically what he had on. Yeah. She's like, he had on a pair of Nike blue wind pants and a white Nike shirt, uh, muscle shirt. Bruh. That's exactly what I saw in the fucking hallway. Holy cow, dude. Blew my fucking mind. I'm like, dude. my brother came to see us yeah. after he died. It was, oh. it was, it was an amazing thing, man, because like I said, we had had an argument. And before we could actually talk to each other and make sure everything was cool, he died. Okay. So that right. shit had a lot of grief going on about that. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So seeing him and him telling her everything was okay made me go, everything's okay. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, dude, what a great story, dude. Right. That's crazy. Uh, now, oh my gosh. <laughs> let's dive off into something else because okay. uh my 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 dad and my stepmom are super religious and they tell us all the time when we would go out and do stuff, uh, we pray for y'all every time y'all leave the house. Yeah. Okay, so I was on my way to work one day. I was in my buddy's car. We had a little green Toyota to sell. Mm -hmm. We're cruising down the road. We got fucking metallica cranked up dyer's eve we're jamming bro you know what i'm saying yeah. and i hear a voice say put on your seatbelt." so i look over at my buddy i was like why he said why what i said why'd you say put on my seatbelt?" he's like i didn't say nothing so i'm like fuck it whatever i'm hearing shit you know get a little further down the road and i hear it again but it's louder this time so i looked at him i said bro stop fucking with me he said dude i swear to god i'm not telling you anything i said do me a favor. He said, what's that? I said, put on your seatbelt. So he snaps his. I snap mine. We get about two miles down the road. There's an S-shaped curve. Get halfway through the S, and a little old man comes across the yellow line and hits us. We hit the bank, and the car flips end over end three times. Boom, boom, boom. Dude, the first time we hit, I came this close. Look, it ain't much. Look, that close yeah. to eating the windshield when this fucking seatbelt caught me. Holy shit. The roof caved in between us we jumped out he looked across the car he says how the fuck did you know that that was gonna happen i'm like 
I have no idea, bro. Oh I have gosh. no fucking idea. But it just happened. And if I hadn't had my seatbelt on, I would have got fucked up. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Dude, you're the second person to tell me a story like that in in um like the last couple of weeks, Chester Moore told me a story like that. Almost this, not the same thing, but it's very similar. That's crazy, dude. Well, I'm glad the voice told you. Now let's talk about aliens. Because right. this is this this shit trips me out, right? So I'm about 17 years old. I'm at a buddy's house. His dad's got an old Ford LTD. It's me, my buddy's girlfriend, and him laying on the back of the car. We're looking up at the stars, you know, just chilling, talking, whatever. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I see these two lights. They're really bright. They're brighter than stars, but they're really bright. And I'm looking at these things, and the only way that I can explain it to you, imagine put a single white light on two six-year-old kids in the dark and have them play tag in a park. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, they're chasing each other. Yeah, right. You know? Woo, 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 woo. I looked up at that I looked at my buddy. I said, do you see this shit? And he's like, man, I'm going inside. So him and his <laughs> girlfriend go inside. I stayed out there and I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it and under my breath, but I said it out loud a little bit. It's like, I wonder if they could see us and the lights fucking stopped boom, and then boom, they were gone. It's like, what Holy the shit. fuck? <laughs> like, did they hear me? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That shit's crazy. Yes. So look, years later, okay, I'm talking 30 years later. I'm talking to my dad about this. And my dad goes, wait a minute. You seen UFOs? I said, well, I, it, I know that we don't have anything that flies like that. So yeah. I'm assuming that's what it is. He said, let me tell you a story. He said, when you was a baby, I went to bring your mom home to go visit her parents. Right. Mm -hmm. He said, she went inside. I'm sitting in the car with you in the car, and I see a fucking UFO come over the trees and hover over the fucking cornfield. I say, what? He said, yeah. It hovered, and it was coming like side to side, side to side, and he goes, what the hell? And it, it took off. He said, that's the second time in your lifetime that you've been around UFOs. Whoa, dude. <laughs> I was like, what the hell? <laughs> Dude, that's so cool, man. I love these stories. Look, man, I, I have seen a lot of shit. I mean, we lived in a house when I was little in Baton Rouge mm -hmm. uh, that the rocking chair would rock by itself. Oh, that's not. They had one of those old school TVs that where you had to pull the knob to turn it on and this fucker <laughs> would turn itself on and off. Yeah, look, bro, I'm telling you, like ghost magnets, you know what I'm saying? Look, <laughs> I've seen some I've seen some freaky shit in my lifetime. I think the scariest thing I've ever seen is my friends decided that they were gonna they were gonna go to a fucking graveyard on Halloween night, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, this is a bad idea, right? Absolutely. But I go with them anyway. I'm hanging out, 12 o'clock, like 12 o'clock hits, and I'm looking around going. What the fuck? You know what I'm saying? It's awfully dark out here. Yeah. But then all of a sudden, off in the distance, I see something that looks like it stepped out from behind a tomb. And I'm at least four or five hundred yards from this thing, and it looks taller than the fucking tombs. Whoa. And it's got wings. And I'm leaving. <laughs> yeah, I'm out. To, to hell with y'all. I'm out. You know what I'm saying? I've seen some really weird shit, bro, in my time. Like... I, some of it I can't explain, you know, some of it I've, I've heard stories of 
uh, a friend of mine being levitated off the bed. I've heard yeah. stories of somebody being held down and all they could smell was like burning embers yeah. and red eyes holding them down. It's like, what the hell? Like we absolutely have a, a, a dimension between us and another dimension where sp evil spirits live. And sure, sometimes absolutely. they cross over into our plane and do shit that's unexplainable to the human mind. You know what I'm yeah. saying? No, I, I agree. I agree that I, well, I agree that I don't know what is going on. <laughs> right. But like, I agree that there's some strange shit that's been going on. Like I'm learning a lot more with uh, jumping on shows like expanding reality. Right. Um, and learning from these other people that have these crazy woo woo hippie sometimes theories about things. But I'm like, there might be something to that. Just like there's something to what you and I are talking about now. There's definitely something going on. Absolutely. Whether it's multi-dimensions, whether it's we're, we're halfway between heaven and hell, whether it's between fucking the human existence was created in a lab by aliens and that's God. Apparently there's all kinds there's of There's all crazy, kind of stuff. Who knows I mean, what it is, but there's, there's something. Let me dispel something. The earth isn't flat. <laughs> right yeah <laughs> i'm so Check. tired of hearing that <laughs> like come on man like i've been in planes i've seen the curvature of the earth I, you know what i'm saying absolutely yeah no i i was i was taking photos of it too because i was going on uh, a show with a flat earther and i did and i ended up not using um the stuff because the guy had some really compelling things to say about the flat earth stuff mm -hmm. and we just i just used words but I said the same thing. I was like, dude, I've been in a plane. You can literally see it, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. I'd like, but you know, they got some cool stuff. Like when you're looking out at the ocean and you watch the ship, uh, disappear, disappear you know, over like the that, horizon, over the horizon. Yeah. Or down. when they said they gathered information from around the globe, <laughs> but then they still talking about like, you just, you just fucked up. Like which, which, <laughs> which round there's like are we round <laughs> or are we round <laughs> you don't love talking about stuff like this um all right so well actually i want to touch on something because you had said something about the voice that told you to put on the seatbelt, and this is yes. this is my father's story and i want to share it because i've never shared this on the podcast before okay my father worked when he was about 18 years old he was a um a welder helper I guess, or apprentice or whatever it is you call that. And right. he was working on a gas plant in Katy, Texas that they were um, building. And, you know, he'd go in, he'd come out. They, there's photos of him covered in soot. So like when he was done working for the day, he was, a, he was black, he was a black man, yeah. and, you know? And so he's working his ass off. He's working hard and it was super loud. And so the story goes, he was in there inside this giant thing. Everyone's welding. Everyone's banging on stuff. It's so loud. You can hardly hear yourself think. And it's dark. And all of a sudden, he just heard a voice. He said it didn't sound like anybody he knew. It just said, run. And he listened to it. So he turned and started running. And when he ran, they had dropped a giant vessel, you know, thousands upon thousands of pounds. It had broken off of the crane or whatever and fell and it fell right where he was standing. And then I believe it bounced, hit him, broke his hip, but he survived. Right. Well, I don't know if it broke his hip, but it hurt his knee, it hurt his legs or something in some way. So dad, sorry, I might be not doing the story justice, but he tells me to this day and my dad's a big Christian. He's like, that was God telling me to get the fuck out of the way. 
And I listened and I was like, holy shit. So there's something to these voices, what it is, like whether it's inside your head and your body, just you just kind of know it, or if yeah. there's someone trying to help. I got another one for you. My little my little uh nephew was working at a plant. And uh, one day he had this little old man walk up to him and he said, hey, you must be new. And the guy said, yes. He said, but uh, I got some stuff over here that we need to work on. So he went over there. Him and the guy worked on it. Right. He said, I'm going to go back over. He said, wait, you need to stay with me for a minute. You know what I'm saying? So he stayed with him. Then he went back to where he was and come to find out where he was working at. Something had failed where he was at. Right. And then he went to go back to talk to the old man there is no old man whoa he's never nobody knows who he's talking about nobody's yeah. ever seen him yeah and he's like but i worked with this dude all day long yeah and he's like no 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 you didn't know you okay <laughs> <laughs> like you, the heat's getting to you or something and he's like bro what in the world dude yeah it's i, I see stuff like that all the time man I, Another thing with my parents, same deal. We're going on a family vacation in Colorado, uh, to Colorado. So we're driving through Texas, up through New Mexico and into Colorado. On the way through Texas, my family's 1990 Dodge Caravan. And I bet you can remember exactly what those things look like. Breaks yeah. down. Well, we're, yeah. following, we're following my uncle and, uh, and his family. And I don't, I'm being a whiny brat. My parents are like, well, just go with him. We're going to get the, we'll get the car fixed and we'll meet you in Colorado. So I jump in the, the truck with my uncle and his family and go to Colorado. My mom and dad and brother uh, stay and try to get things fixed. Well, when they got pulled over, when they were pulled over a, a guy, they, I don't know, they somehow they got the truck or the van running again and started driving it. It starts smoking really bad. Some guy pulls over behind him and says, let's get you off the road, helps them off the major highway and off into a place where they could get their, their car worked on. And the guy vanished, whether it was just a good Samaritan or it was uh, an angel or just somebody there to help. I don't know, but he was gone. Never. He didn't say a word. He didn't nothing. He was just out. That's awesome, dude. <laughs> so I love hearing stuff like that because I don't know, man. It just makes you believe in that, you know, there's other stuff out there. There's a lot of stuff that we still don't know and we still don't tap into. You know, my boss is a huge. He talks about vibrations and, oh, sure. you know, and, yeah. and how we vibrate into another plane and stuff. My boss is really big into that. He he sends me stuff all the time and I'll look through it. I'll listen to it, you know, yeah. just to have an open mind and see Absolutely. does any of it make sense to me? You know what I'm saying? That's right. Um, but uh, there, yeah, there's a lot of crazy stuff out there. That, that vibe stuff is interesting because uh, again, I keep bringing up Brandon from expanding reality, but he's one of my friends and um he just, he touches on a lot of these subjects and that guy, Ben Carroll from raw, uh, he does his own thing, which, which is, uh, he makes music at a certain frequency. Yeah. And there's a, a oh man, this is a rabbit hole. We're not going to go down it. I'm just going to touch on it. Right. But like at some point humans transition from how we used to play music into a different frequency of music. Gotcha. mostly mostly for commercial stuff right you know? and so we basically just tuned things a little different but most of music was made at this certain frequency or at least this is how the story goes 
well, Ben plays his, this music at this frequency. It's supposed to be healing yesterday on my way home. I was like, you know what? I've been listening to it too, to go to sleep. Cause it's really good music to fall asleep to. Um, like, you know, that movie gladiator. Yeah. Like where you hear all that uh, he's walking through the field and he's putting his fingers through the grass, uh, the, the wheat. Yeah. As he's walking and it just has this good feeling. That's kind of the stuff he does, it, except uh, the different frequency. Anyway, long story short, this frequency, there's something to it, man. I was listening to it on the way home yesterday. And maybe it's just because I had the intent to feel better about my day, my situation, my weekend, my whatever. Right. Fuck, it felt different. I could feel the vibration in me. I don't know. Maybe that's because that's what I wanted. But it was fantastic. I think there's something to this vibration stuff. We should dive into it more and figure it out. Yeah, I think I think music is a is a lot of things to a lot of people, man. Absolutely. You know? That's why we're in it. Oh man, I mean, look, I tell people all the time, if it wouldn't be for music, I don't know where I'd be. Music saved my life a million times over. I mean, it Me you know, uh, my father was always worried that if I got into music, I'd get off into drugs and alcohol, but I wasn't chasing that. I knew that I had music inside of me. I knew that I was born into it. My dad plays, my mom plays, all my dad's family plays, my uncles and my cousins play. Yeah. I just knew I'm going to be a musician. And the first time I got on stage, two songs in, and I'm like, I'm doing this for the rest of my life. You know what I'm saying? It's that's like, awesome. I knew. You know? Dude, that's so cool. Dude, yeah. You know, when I was five years old, my parents, I heard, first of all, when I was five years old, I think I heard Elvis Presley it's the first time I remember hearing Elvis Presley anyway. Okay. I may have heard it before. And I dancing. I liked it. My parents bought me a little plastic guitar and a little plastic microphone. And there's yeah. pictures of me in it. And I was like, and I knew then at five that that's what I was going to do music. And I wish I was still doing it uh, more actively than I am. But I mean, it's music. It, it doesn't matter because it's still a part of my life. That's why right. this podcast is about. It starts out with us exploring the power of music. You know, it can transport you through time, release emotions. This, right. there's a thing to music. There's a thing to vibrations. There's a thing that when the hair on your arm starts standing up, because you just heard the sickest riff you've ever heard, or the words, like you said, uh, like your song, uh, The Bottle. Yeah. Like that, I cried over that song a thousand times. I loved that song from Black Market Halos. It's just such a good thing. They need the hair on my arm stand up. Alive for Razor 13. It was a great song. Do the same thing. I mean, Metallica, the very first time I ever heard, like, I don't know, one. Yeah. You know, it was like, oh my God. And there's countless songs from Metallica that made that happen. But like, there's a thing to this. And I think that that's why people like you and I gravitate towards it is because there's a, there's a purpose for it. There's a, whether it's bringing us all together or just being able to give somebody a message of hope or even despair, you know, cause it can go both ways, but it's, I, I think it's funny, you know, because a lot of people, you know, they look at metalheads in a different type of light, but they don't, they don't seem to understand being in metal. The metal community is more inclusive than any other music community. There is a hundred percent. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we have white, black, Mexican, Chinese, Vietnamese. We got so many different people that play Native Americans, metal. dude. Have yeah, you seen man, that Native American black metal band, dude? Those guys rock. <laughs> yes, indeed, man. I mean, one of my favorite bands that I listen to all the time is Upon a Burning Body. That's four Mexican yeah, guys, and they kick ass. Fuck you know what yeah, I'm saying? Dude. It's like, yeah, I dig it. Dude, this has been so much fun. Hey, I hope you would like to come back on again and, and talk some more. 
Yeah, anytime, man. Dude, it's been so I'm much sorry it took so long, man. It's just, you know, with moving onto the property and stuff, and I'm actually in my our band room. So right on, you know. I see the finally... injustice for all thing up there. Love yeah. it. Is that one of we... the flags, dude? I got yeah. here's there's my Metallica one right there. And right there's a Motley Crue Dr. Feel Good flag. Dr. Feel Good. <laughs> Ryan, don't sing. So it's crazy, man. Like when we moved, it took us a year to move on to this property after we bought it. Yeah. Um, a whole bunch of small town bullshit, you know, just rigmarole that we had to get through. Sure. Uh, they wouldn't allow me to attach this back to my trailer because I never bought a permit to build this in the first place. Okay. So they're like, nobody can live in it. I said, well, I was planning on building a practice room. Can I use it as a band room? Oh, absolutely. Well, all righty then. That's what it is then. The great thing about it, my nearest neighbor is over 300 and something feet away from me. I can stand in his driveway and the band can be in here at full live volume volume. And I can hear, I can hear barely a tap, tap, tap of the snare drum. That's it. So if they go inside, they're not going to hear anything at all. So I'm like, that works. That works. (laughs) If I come out there to see you guys and I don't know this, but we'll, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll plan it. Oh, excuse me. If I come out there to see you guys, like, and I end up crashing or not, obviously, I mean, just like getting a hotel or whatever, but if you guys have a practice like the night before or something or just whatever, maybe I'll just come over and hang out and you can show me the jam room and stuff. I'll make that happen. It'll be like old times. I'll make that happen. We have a little bit of work that we see when I originally built this thing, I split it into four, eight by 10 sections because I had girls and I needed rooms for kids. Right. Now we're about to take down that big center wall. And once we take down that big center wall, it's going to be wide open. Oh, that's going to be so cool. It's going to be crazy. I got this one little corner right here where I have all my computer and radio and stuff like that. And I left one little closet thing on the other side so we can store stuff. But the other part of it's going to be wide open. And it's it's going to be nice, man. I'll tell you what, I'm tired of uh, renting places, oh. borrowing places. I'm so right. glad to have my own practice room now. It's yeah. something I've always wanted. So it's like, this is a dream come true, man. Dude, that's awesome. That's fantastic. I'm so happy for you. Everybody on that note, I'm going to end this episode of the 13. This has been Shannon of, oh my God, I wanted to say black market halos first. And that is true, but we're going to say branded for exile. Absolutely. (laughs) And uh, we will see you all on the next one. Yes. Ah!